three different sermons right here in this um, passage, but Betty Daniel said to me, and hopefully the sermon will be short because we have an annual meeting, so I'll try to condense it down a little bit. Uh, Joe all by itself was like a four-week sermon series, um, and it's hard to preach just on one little snippet of Joe without preaching on the whole thing. But we begin with this little, this little passage today from Jonah with, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, which is important to remember because that means there was a first time. And you might remember the first time the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah was supposed to go this way, and Jonah went that way, um, as far as he could go away, thinking that he could flee God, and uh, most importantly, not have to preach to Ninevites who were the enemy of Israel, because why would he want to give them the word of the Lord, right? And so, God of the boat, uh, God sent a storm, Jonah tried to hide even from the storm, finally the sailors picked him up and threw him into the water in order to uh, save, save the boat, because Jonah rather die than actually go and turn around and preach to Nineveh. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately for Jonah, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, a fish swallowed him up. And so there Jonah was stuck in a fish um, for three days. And um, chapter two is all about praying um, and repenting of not obeying the word of the Lord. And so the fish spewed him up on a dry land. And so now we have and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And so Jonah reluctantly gave uh, maybe the world's worst sermon that actually was effective. Um, <laughs> and he, he, he was told to go to Nineveh. He started walking only one day into a three-day journey and basically said, here's his sermon. In 40 days, then it was going to be overthrown. Which isn't really talking about God, or repentance, or anything else. It really is just like, man, so there, I'm going to do it, because God told me to. And, and really, it's like saying, um, preach in Tacoma, and he sort of stopped at, like, Curry. You know, didn't keep going all the way into town, or anything, just right there. But an amazing thing happened, right? Which often does. Um, this is this is one of these these great should be it should be a great um, comfort to preachers all over that even sometimes when your sermon isn't any good, God still can be effective. <laughs> so um, people heard it and repented, and the word got all the way to the king. Although for some reason we skipped that part, it got all the way to the king and. Um, the king declared a fast, even all the animals and the children and everything for, and just said, we are going to, we're going to repent. And, and, it's a, and then um, it ends with, and the word, and the Lord relented of the calamity that he was going to send upon Nineveh after he saw repentance in the way that they had transformed, which um, would lead to chapter four, which is a whole other sermon in of itself where Jonah pouted because he knew that's exactly what was going to happen. That's why he wanted to die to begin with, because he knew that God is a good God and was going to let those Ninevites off the hook. So, uh, anyway, how this fits into the gospel, 
is, is, is the word the Lord comes to, to us. Right? The word of the Lord comes to us. And, and um, we, we, we think of the word of the Lord, oftentimes we think of, we think of scriptures, we think of God, or we think of it's this sort of audible, audible voice maybe. But the reality, of course, is, is while those things are also the word of the Lord, um, the word of the Lord is Jesus. Right? Jesus is the word made flesh. This is in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was God. And, and so here we have um, Jesus calling his disciples really the beginning of, of his ministry right here. John the Baptist has been imprisoned. And so Jesus picks right up where John left off. John's message was, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then so Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, this is a little parenthesis bracket, because as I was driving up on 123, I saw, repent, Jesus is coming. So there's a little bit different, though, right? Because, because while there's some truth to these things that we're always sort of living in, kingdom of God is here now. Right? It is sort of a little bit different. That's a whole different story. But, but we, we do like to sort of continue these Old Testament notice in our in our, um, in our lives today. Um, she says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he, then he goes and he finds um, the first disciples. Right? He calls Peter and Andrew and then he calls James and John. And they were fishermen. And um, he just says, Hey, follow me. I'll make you fisher of men. And uh, they dropped their nets and they followed. And, and there's a couple of really important aspects about about this this passage. Uh, part, not not least of which is that Jesus, um, you know, is really is really obviously listening to the Holy Spirit because you would figure the people that Jesus might recruit first might be um, like scholars or priests or Pharisees or somebody that's that's smart and educated as the Sanhedrin sort of were annoyed when, when Peter stood before them after the after the healing of the, the lame man and uh, Peter began just going through all the stuff they said these people are not educated and yet they're very smart <coughs> what's going on here so that's when the Holy Spirit came on them. But first, they're just fishermen. And Jesus Jesus calls them. He brings them. And as I said, there's a couple things that, that jump out to me when I, when I read that. The first is that we've, we've come into this, um, this place oftentimes where the way, the way you hear God is, is by, you know, you need to, you need to withdraw. You need to go away. You need to go on retreat. You need to set aside time. You need to, you know, be still in your prayer closet or corner or whatever, whatever the case may be, and, and just be still. Listen. And while that is certainly good, it's, it's definitely good to, to break out of the cacophony of the noise of the world. The, 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 there is a truth, though, that God, um, God interacts where you are. Right, God can, God can come in and invade your life right where your present moment is while you're sitting at your desk typing. 
play, while you're driving in your car, while you're mowing the lawn, while you're just cooking dinner, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing, God is there. God can be there and then interferes and interacts and invades your, your life um, and, and speaks. And so here's Peter and Andrew. They're just minding their own business, right? They're just fishing um, as they do every day. And Jesus says, stop fishing and come follow me and I'll make a fish for people. Um, And this is not a unique thing, right? I think most of us can, can remember times, it's probably more times that God has come and sort of interrupted my daily life with, with something that, that when I go on retreat and waiting for God to speak in some miraculous way, which happens also. But I mean, there's more of those, those common times, I think. Secondly, as we, as we look at these first disciples who, you know, get turned into St. Peter and St. Andrew and St. James and St. John and all these other things, they started off just, just as, as fishermen, but not just as fishermen, they started off, that's, <coughs> right, that's who they were. And I think, I think a lot of times, um, and this is, this is partly the, uh, the epistle too, is, is our identity um, becomes greater than, than, than what God is, is doing and how, how we are as, as children of God is. You know, we, we identify ourselves as our career or where we're from or who our family is or, you know, I'm an Episcopalian or I'm a Presbyterian or I'm, I've been in Stevens County my whole life or I'm a Georgian or I'm a Georgian fan or I'm a, you know, whatever. Um, that we, we, we identify ourselves in these, these little tribes, um, cliques, um, things, and, and um, Jesus is really, as, as he calls these various disciples, fishermen and tax collectors and zealots and others, he's, he's really, he's saying, you are this, you are in the kingdom of God. And this is what Paul is saying too, just to, just to sort of this a little bit, Jim and Carol said, are you going to exegete the New Testament passage today? I said, I wasn't even planning on looking at the New Testament passage today. <laughs> but, but after you see it, it says things like, if you're married, just don't even act like you're married. Um, that isn't saying, like, get on Tinder or something like that. <laughs> it's, saying, it's saying, you know, these things, say, these things of the world, your human relationships, your dealings with the world, your job, your buying, your selling, your this, your that, all of those things are not important um, in contrast to your identity in Jesus and in the kingdom of heaven. That's what this is, that's what this is saying. He's saying these things are passing away. The, 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 the forms of the world at the present time are passing away. You're in the kingdom of heaven. Now, you're in the, the already but not yet. Now. And so, not that these things aren't important. They're just not as important as your identity in Christ. And so, as you're, as you're, as you're dealing 
with the patterns of this world. This is just the first, this is relations. And it goes on to talk about what food you should eat, how you keep your money away, all of this. We only read these little snippets in there, but it's the whole, the whole book of 1 Corinthians. There are all these different ways in which you're called to live now differently than you lived before because the Spirit of God is upon you. Um, there are funny lines there. I don't think we actually, I don't think, I don't think this chapter comes up in the lectionary other than this little snippet because it's a lot like, if you're not married, don't get married. <laughs> I'd spare you that being married. It's just a distraction. Somebody's always said, I want you to do something. Somebody's always want to do that. Wives, if your husband dies, you have to obey him. So you're welcome to take another husband, but if I were you, you'd probably have me off the way you are now.
because God loves them too. Um, and so, uh, and because of that, and we're invited to to strive to love our enemies and to love our neighbors and to disregard our identity as anything more than just God's chosen who, who proclaims the good news of God in Christ Jesus. So, may we allow God to, to intersect and invade those common everyday aspects of our life. Um, it's all folks will like, we'll talk more about retreat and that sort of thing then, but just that for now, um, allow God to come to, to, to intersect all